This episode is fucking fire. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. Uh, today, I am your host, the Hong Kong hero, Mr. <laughs> Fantastic. It's me. It's Brendan. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, today with us, as always, we have... Who am I going to pick first? Um, we have... The paranormal activity. We have the ghost of the Illuminations Radio Network. We have Ian. We have Ian with two E's. How you doing? How's, Ian? how's it going? It's your boy Ian. Um, I saw Mario. Um, that's my wreck. Next. That's all. You're not going to talk about the Jack Black, uh, Mrs. Uh, Princess Peach song. Um, no, I don't know why that's like such a meme right now. Um, I did really enjoy the film. It's, I mean, it has everything you want in a Mario film. I love the studio. They do some great work. Even if you don't like the Minions and the Despicable Me movies, they're entertaining. They're funny for all ages. Kyle. What's everything you want in a Mario movie? Um, the Easter eggs. You want the... Yes. The the pens, all the pens Um. It's got a bunch of characters, a bunch of lovely characters. Um, yeah, it's fun and funny. What and do you cute. want in a Mara movie? It has characters. It has characters. It has <laughs> There's all a script the characters. Okay. okay, for a franchise that has like <laughs> thousands of iconic characters, like you gotta have them, right? Um, it just had some really funny moments. Um, it's way too short, though. No one really got their chance, to, their like real chance to shine. Um, but my boy Toad, uh, I was, I was curious on how they would do him, but he was fantastic. I love, I love little, my little Toadie, my little Toadie boy. Who Even plays, more. who plays Toad? Uh, Michael Key. Michael Keaton? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Michael uh, Key? That would have been cool though. Michael Key, right? That's his name? From Key and Peele? Shout out to Michael Keegan Michael Key. No. Keegan Michael Key. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't sound anything like him. Like, the voice acting is totally different. You can't even notice sometimes. So how about real quick, uh, you give us what you think Keegan-Michael Key sounds like and then how he sounds as Toad. Can you just give us your I'm best kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Toad impression? My best Toad impression. Hold on, let me mute myself real quick. He's going to give us a golem impression. <laughs> this is great audio content. Um... So if if he's only you guys muted. if he's you could muted. see Ian, uh, it's Ian's wait. Mario. <laughs> that was awful. Okay, you know <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, just because that we are boycotting uh, Mario yeah. the movie. Um, so well, yeah, I bet. Now it's gone. Anyways, sure. also with us as always, it is the slick back Cadillac, the man that wears the snap back. He writes with a number two pencil, and he's number one in all of our hearts. It's Kyle with a K. 
What's up? How's it going? I beat Resident Evil 4. It was good. That's my wreck. Also, I never talked about how um, Old Boy is the most overrated film of all time. Should we get into that now or should we get into that later? Uh, I think, you know, actually, I think we could get into this now real quick. Uh, we're, we're doing okay on time. I think he I, said it was the greatest story ever told. <laughs> And I just want him to elaborate on that. Wait, he's walking away. He's walking away. He's, walking um, away. he's exiting so the room. He, he has left the podcast. He's tying a noose. He um, oh, oh my God. He's on a chair. He's on a chair. It. It's not worth no. it, Ian. Ian, stop. And he kicked the chair. Oh my God. Uh, Kyle, you know where he lives, right? Um, so <laughs> what happened? Greatest Jesus Christ. story ever told. Um, no, but it was uh, it was fine. Uh, so that's my the, the end of my friends. I really just don't want to talk about it. No, I no, I know you don't. That's why I didn't bring it up the first time. Um, I didn't want to embarrass you, but uh, I didn't know it because you gave it a seven and no heart. Um, no, 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 no. I didn't give it a seven. Three I gave half. it a three and a half, which is liked on my rating scale. Liked with an exclamation mark. No yeah. heart. Definitely not a heart because you know what. We're not getting an old boy, but it's uh, completely overrated, and um, it was like you guys all need to calm down. That's it. Moving on. You, you know, you really did make me rethink the movie, and I'm not going to go back and watch it. But I, like, I like, think, I don't even think he had like a, a um. Like no, we wrote, talked about it off. He, off no, off no, no, we. we <laughs> I don't even think I, he wrote a review. He just gave it a, a I, three and a half. No, 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 I, no, no, no. Kyle I and said, I texted, and we had a very long conversation about it. We did actually, and I said my review was quite possibly the most overly <laughs> dramatized plot to showcase the motivate the motivation for an antagonist I've ever seen in a film. The dude said on the playground in school that the guy's fucking his sister. That's it. That's 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 his motivation, and he's fucking his sister, Whoa. and he kills his sister. <laughs> yeah, what? Because he has ancestral um, means, and he wanted right. his sister for himself, Kyle. So right, right, right. You know, the only one who's going to be fucking his sister is going to be him. Right, truly. Right, and when he crossed that boundary by fucking his sister, yeah, um, all gloves were off. It was fair game at that point, so. And that's where you get old boy. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Ooh, um, greatest story ever told. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I, uh, so by the time this comes out, I think the embargo will be up. Uh, my recommendation uh, is a film. It just screened at Overlook, I believe. Um, and now it's, uh, now it's uh, screening at Panic Fest is um, I'm going to mispronounce his name, and I deeply apologize. Ted Koegan, K-O-E-G-H-A-N. Um, his new film starring Larry Fessenden, Brooklyn 45, it is fucking immaculate. It takes place in one room with, uh, it takes place in 1945 in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Good year. With, um, Great. Uh, it's four best for, uh, five best friends uh four of them are retired um world war ii generals lieutenants things one of them was a um an interrogator the greatest interrogator for uh against nazis um 
and it's all of them. They get in a room and it's just one of the weirdest, most beautiful horror films I think I've ever seen. Um, it was absolutely spectacular. So that's coming on to shutter in May or June, I think. So please keep an eye out for that. Cause I think it is not your typical shutter movie. And, uh, it's very, very emotional. And it's got Larry Fessenden. Um, I'm looking forward to it. What does Larry Fessenden play? What's his role? Uh, I don't does he play wanna... Nazi? No. No, they, they, all, they all play American uh, World War II retired uh, American veterans in 1945. So they all, they all fought against the Nazis. Um, Gosh. And uh, yeah, I just... I. What are you, what are you doing? It. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I had all you can eat sushi before this, and I'm just like <laughs> trying to concentrate because of how much you know there's gonna be some moments coming up where i I might have to leave, but um, I'm gonna try to stay on board for the ship for the rest of the uh journey. Don't worry, I'll be back if I have to leave. But there we'll may fill be a, in the spaces, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So like, what like, Kyle's saying is, I'll be filling in some spaces in the other room too. He's trying know. not to shoot his yeah. pants. Yeah. So, um, continue. But so we're not here to talk about any of that stuff today. We are here to talk about the 2007 film by James Wan and Lee when and Lee One L. Um, James. Okay. I was looking at my notes for a second and I saw your hand move. Um, uh, so James Wan and Lee Winnell uh, started with a dream and turned it into a reality. Two filmmakers from Australia, they quickly became top names in the genre with their indie hit film, Saul. Saul, um, upon its extreme financial success, com- my handwriting is fucking garbage. I should have typed this. Um, Saw, upon extreme financial success, quickly became a cornerstone in... I My handwriting is, is absolutely terrible. All around the globe. It was a cornerstone in uh, movie marathons all around the globe. That's what I was trying to say. Um, known for their speedy output, Saul defined a young generation, my generation, with its yearly October releases for nearly a decade. Which I don't know about you, Kyle. I saw I think I think from three on in theaters. I don't know if you'd ever seen any of them in theaters. Saw? Yeah. yeah. I saw Saw one through three in theaters, and then I haven't seen No, I think I saw Saw Four as well. I saw, oh, okay. saw one through four in theaters, and then I haven't seen the other ones after. Um, so Juan and Winnell would go on to work together on a handful of other films with Dead si- uh, including uh, today's film Dead Silence and Insidious. Um, Dead Silence would eventually go on to gain a cult following while Insidious would go on to become an extremely critically successful franchise. Yes. Burning question. Um, sorry to backtrack, but I totally miss the Saw releases growing up because I was a child. Yeah. Um, what was it like to have like torture porn movies just come out like every single year? Like, what was the culture like back then? It was then? a better time. It was a better time. Yeah, there was, sure. it, we were, we were still in that phase of, you know, even though I was too young to be wearing like the fucking, you know, the Jenko jeans and everything at that point, but it was still that phase where it's, 
you know, obviously, duh, this goes without saying post 9-11, but it's just like, it feels so different from today. It's a time that I wish we could kind of go back to, you know? Yeah, because we never get torch porn anymore. I know for the last torch porn film that came out in theaters. Dude, going through Terrifier. Living, yeah, I guess Terrifier maybe, yes. But I, I get what you mean. I don't know. It felt like the edgy shit was just commonplace back then. Like, and I'm not saying edgy, like trying to be edgy. It was like back when they were just really edgy movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like back when like shit wasn't taken so like seriously, I guess. Which is weird because like the films are so serious and graphic. And like, it's just, I like, I don't want to say that people were less sensitive back then. But I think in a lot of ways they kind of were. Well, and I, I think kind of, kind of playing off Kyle, what you're saying is we were in that era of, you know, the whole like uh, the whole Tipper Gore thing, where you know this was obviously you know towards the late '80s, but there was this heavy play from the conservative right that things needed to be censored video games are already getting too violent music we have to put an explicit warning on it and we kind of got to that point shortly after 9-11 how is this going to be our most serious conversation um but but we got because like i feel like just to add on to what you're saying like i feel like there was a trans like a transition where like things got even more gory and more serious in all forms of media and people like it's almost like they were they were pretty much telling like society like fuck you we're gonna like enjoy what we enjoy because like games started to get really violent like this was around mm-hmm. the same time that like resident evil 4 the original came out and, and manhunter like, chainsaw heads cutting off and like it was like really gory and shit um well and, you know i think that and i hate to say that i think 9-11 played a huge part in this because around that time is when the conservative right stopped trying to censor things and things kind of became okay and now we're getting to that point where um obviously i lean a little bit more left so i'm okay saying this but it seems like the left is trying to censor things a little bit now so it's kind yeah, of like 100 it, it's this it was 9-11 was kind of like good for entertainment only in the fact that and obviously it was a national tragedy and it's it's so fucked up that 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 happened 9-11 wasn't good for anything but it like things that came afterwards because of that yeah it's yeah i was in fucking second grade and i watched those towers those planes live on tv in my second grade class go through the towers that's gonna fuck up an entire generation of children yeah it's gonna like it was kind of like nothing can really be more fucked than that. Exactly. We were kind of desensitized after that. It, because yeah. as a child, you've watched the news. You know that what's happening on the news is live. And when you see that live icon in the top left corner and you just see this shit happening, it's like... So I, I think that that's kind of... That was the sweet spot for horror a little bit because they were allowed to do more things. So this movie about dolls, though. Um, anyways, <laughs> so uh, separately, their careers would flourish independently. How do you segue from that? Uh, is that that's the most serious conversation we've ever had? I think. I think you um, need to. Um, I think we should just have some 
some beers on the cast more often. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Lee Winnell would go on to make genre heavy hitters like Upgrade and The Invisible Man. Dude, while Upgrade's Juan... so good. Upgrade, shout out. Love that Ooh, fucking so movie. Fucking amazing, dude. One of the um, biggest surprises. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. And, and it's, it's so crazy. Like an action horror film. It looks, and I mean no offense because I love the fucking movie, but when I saw the trailer for it, Prior to watching, I was like, this looks generic kind of actually as fuck. And then you watch it and you're like, yo, this is original as fuck. Like, this is actually like a really cool idea and it's executed really well. It's really well written too. Like, the performances are great. It's all around just awesome movie. Amazing movie. <laughs> hidden gem. Hidden, um, hidden gem. Uh, so Juan would go, uh, James Wan would go on to create the Conjuring universe, which has three distinct fran- franchises attached to it, um, as well as directing Fast 7, Aquaman, and the nostalgically scary Malignant. Ooh, uh, both, men, uh, both men paid their dues. Don't and mention I- Aquaman again, please. Sorry. Well, let's talk about intro. Conjuring for a second. Where do you okay. guys stand on if Conjuring won? Oh, dude, I'm sorry, we're totally derailing your <laughs> thing. But uh, Conjuring, this, two, I think this is the most game. amount of questions I've ever had for an episode. By the way, and we're going to get to one of them. Oh, I think Conjuring two gets too much hate. Um, Conjuring gets too much hate. Two Conjuring two. Um, Conjuring, Conjuring two is amazing. Two, it's good, right? It's two and a half hours. It's frightening, and Patrick Wilson sings uh, a fucking Elvis song. What more could you ask for? So I will say that I love the um, true story that it's based on. I think that's what it is. For and me. I don't know. The movie just doesn't do it for me. I think they added the true too much. Fake. What? But the true story is fake. I don't give a fuck, Brendan. <laughs> I want to believe, all right? I believe in aliens. Hashtag I want to believe. Hashtag okay. I want to believe. I want to believe that it's true. And these amazing phenomena happen to people, ordinary people. All right. Um, and Santa Claus is real. Um, and Jewish Santa Claus as well. Um, Compass. Let's not go is back. That, to that's Jewish Let's Santa move Claus. On. Move on, please. Let's move on. Jewish <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> not going back to Christmas. Why'd you bring the most German? <laughs> oh, no. No, I didn't mean that. I didn't, I didn't mean that. The German devil. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. let's get back um, on. Okay, uh, where was I in my notes? Um, both men, both men paid their dues, paid their dues, and pushed horror into a direction it desperately needed to go. Fresh off of Saul, uh, Juan and Winnell needed to ride their wave and pump something new out very quickly. Uh, plagued with studio interference, they ended up creating Dead Silence. Me writing. Um, Dead Silence had a budget of $20 million and was only able to scrape an extra 2.4 with a box office total of $22.4 million. Thankfully, Dead Silence would go on to have a deep cult following and would receive this very day a beautiful 4K Scream Factory release. We're talking dead silence. Ian, Ow. give me your first initial thoughts. Um, where'd you view it? Your camera's paused, so I don't even know what your your camera's frozen, so I don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> where'd you view it? I got uh, some in my hand. What do you I think? I am sipping on it. <laughs> your well, your your screen is frozen, so I I I it's in like a weird. Kyle is is he frozen mm-hmm. for you? Okay. Um. Ian, first thoughts, where'd you watch it? Uh, what'd you think? Would you add it to your collection? Is it still frozen? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, should I just wait? 
Wait no, 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 go ahead. No, is it like a funny pose? Do I look as Jewish as I've ever been before? <laughs> Throw you'll, never, um, you'll, never, you'll never look as Jewish as you did before. <laughs> oh, there you go. You're back. You're back. You'll never look as Jewish as I did that one day. Um, I would add this to my collection. I haven't seen this movie in probably over 10 years. Um, unfortunately, I did remember the... Um, a lot of this movie, actually. I remember the um, plot twist and a bunch of the scares. And this movie really sat with me, um, oddly enough, because I've only seen it once. And that was like 20 years ago when I was four years old. No. Um, yeah, it's it's solid. It's that's pretty much um, uh, as high praise as I can give it. There's um, it's got I love James Wan. And I love Lee Winnell. So the duo is amazing. And anything they do, I will like. Um, and this movie, I, I do like. I will say I do like. Um, it does not hold up um, as well. No, good. <laughs> <laughs> it does not hold up as well as I remember it. Um, it, definitely, it holds up better. Huh? It, yeah, it holds up it, better. <laughs> it, it's holding. It got it got some Viagra and it's it's still holding there. Um it you can definitely tell from the directing style, like he's just coming off a saw. Um and I don't mind that that um that style of, of his. Um and it's got a bunch of other things that I'm sure we'll go over, but um those are my first thoughts. Kyle, same questions. I own the movie already on Blu-ray, so it's already in my collection. Um, so that's where you watched it? That's where I watched it, on Blu-ray. I, what I like about this James Wan is, to Ian's point, it does have a very, like, like the similarities of how Saws is made and directed, it shows, it like, it a lot of the same shots and transitions and flashes and slow motion sequences, they all kind of like stem from that Saw movie, you could tell. Um, however, this is like way more fantastical in a sense. It's like, I almost didn't know if this was like a real place or not. It feels very like Silent Hilly. Oh, yeah. It, it seems like a fictional place. I wouldn't even believe it was a real place until you get that one glimpse of a newspaper and it says like Ohio or something. Um, but until that moment, I would have thought that this was just like a made up city in the country kind of thing. But I really like the setting of this movie. I like the small town vibes. I kind of wish they would have expanded a little bit more on like the community and the way they interacted with the lore um, and kind of got more of like an investigation side from everybody rather than it just be from the uh, like mortician and stuff. But um, this movie doesn't hold up as well as I remember it. It also has been a good 10 years since I've seen this film. Um, I do like this James Wan film, though. I think this is a different kind of movie than other stuff that he's made. And the more I think about it, it's he, he has... What I like about James Wan is... Because I don't like all of his films, but what I like about him as a director is he he definitely has a certain style that he carries through his films, whether it's grounded in reality or it's like fantastical kind of like this movie is. Um, but that's all I have to say for now. Um, 
You just gave me a good idea for a note. You're welcome. Sorry. Um, that I will bring that up later. Um, I own this movie on DVD, and watching it on it's it's so weird watching it on a player that can play 4K on a 4K TV. Um, watching a DVD like this kind of feels sacrilegious a little yeah. bit, which is something I never cared about um, until now, apparently. But I, uh, so I watched it. I watched my unrated DVD. Thank you very much. Um, it's just this, I watch this movie at least once a year, at least. Um, it's so entertaining. It never stops to be entertaining. Uh, I love Ryan Quantin in True Blood. Um, I love him in Glorious. Uh, I love him. Everything that he does, I just love like the energy he brings to it. And I think he made an acting choice in this that kind of goes against any other character he's ever played. Um, I I saw Dom's letterbox rating. <laughs> Dom, hey everyone, Dom gave it a one point five. She did not like it. Um, and her review was a quote from Donnie Wahlberg, which I don't remember what it is, but. I saw that. Um, she gave it a one initially, and I had to talk her up to a 1.5. Oh. So I try, I tried to negotiate <laughs> for us. Okay, guys? I tried to negotiate. And this is the first argument that they had as an engaged couple. The first, the first one <laughs> was dead silence. Um, I, Donnie Wahlberg in this is absolutely fantastic. Um, he's somehow the least racist Wahlberg. Wahlberger, Wahlberg. Um, the one that flips burgers isn't the least racist? No, he's the least. His, uh, Mark Wahlberg is the one that was arrested for punching a Chinese guy um, and making uh, stereotypical Chinese noises at him. Oh. <clears throat> um, and also for hitting a black guy and calling him the N-word. Um, yeah, so um, this yeah, movie is... taken out of context, you know. No, okay. he's okay. Okay. Could have killed okay. his baby or something. You know? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I know that earlier... Uh, uh, Don from CHF said clicks are clicks, but we don't need those clicks. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so let's get right into this movie. Um, and I was going to save this question for last, but seeing how it's kind of the first thing in the film after um, I, we figured we should get to this first thing. And Kyle, you raised a really good, a uh, really good point. Um, mm -hmm. You said uh, James Wan has a very distinct style. Um, and I think that's something that, we can yeah, all <laughs> we can all agree on and one one thing stylistically that i've noticed carries throughout his films is the score that he has if you look at insidious <clears throat> if you look at saw if you look at this the the opening score carries throughout the film so i just wanted to get your guys individual takes on the opening credits the the whole montage building a doll scene Loved it. and the and the the theme the theme song that 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 goes with it which carries out beautifully in many different iterations throughout the film so uh kyle since you brought this up i want to go with you first this goes back to the visual standpoint of Saw transitions into the musicals uh, soundtrack part of it. It sounds, it, it, it probably is the same composer as Saw. If, like, am, am I wrong? Because it I, sounds a lot like Saw in a lot of parts. I think Saw was Joe Bashara, but let me, I'm let me, wrong. I'm, Maybe I'm gonna, it's a coincidence. I'm going to check while you, while you. Um, no, I think that the, I, like, I miss movies that have, like, the, titled intros and like goes th through the cast while there's like a montage happening you were the, right by the way yeah dude it sounds just like saw um 
those kind of intros don't happen anymore and I kind mm-hmm. of miss them quite a bit. It like sets up the tone of the film and like, I don't know. It's just, I enjoyed the whole doll crafting thing in this and uh, them trying to make the perfect doll, if you will. Um, and yeah, no, the uh, the soundtrack slaps hard, especially like during times of like, like the reveal, it had the Saw reveal at the end, <laughs> the montage. It's like, it's very Saw and it, it didn't hit as well as Saw, obviously, because the, the twist and the impact of that was way, way better in my opinion. But like, it still tried to have that. And so I, I respected it for trying to duplicate it, even though it didn't hit as hard. But it was, yeah, the soundtrack is great. I like the soundtrack a lot. Yeah, this dude, um, Charlie. Charlie Klauser? Charlie Klauser. Um, is it Klauser? He's German. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, laugh, that laugh. That was the most German thing you've ever done. Um, yeah, Charlie, he does some good stuff. He did the entire, well, it looks like the entire um, Saw series, Resident Evil Extinction, which is a banger. Um, the Collector, or he did The Collection. Um, really good stuff. He's like early 2000s man. He's early 2000s man. Um <laughs> Yeah, I like the score in this. It doesn't it doesn't top um the da-na-na, da-na-na, the saw theme. Song. I got chills just by hearing you do it. Like, I, yeah. Like, dude, I get chills every time I hear that fucking song, dude. It's amazing. And, it's amazing. Um this was good. This was good. You can definitely tell the similarities. You can definitely tell it's the same crew, same everything, but just in a different plot and a different um different setting and world. Um, and I like that. I like that they use kind of the same crew. And if if you're someone who um, does enjoy following someone's uh, career, it's cool to see like a bunch of people who like still work together and like, uh, you know, it's like seeing Goblin do the Argento films like it like it carries like a theme like yeah. to its films. Yeah. Um, so uh, here's a little hot take. I think that they could have handled the character of Mary Shaw a little bit better. If you look at films where the antagonist is a vengeful spirit, the spirit was usually killed either, you know, unlawfully or or incorrectly. Um I think that the biggest mistake that they made writing this film was having Mary Shaw actually be a killer. I think it would have been a lot more impactful if she was um unfairly if she was falsely accused and didn't commit the crimes. Uh, she she's unsympathetic because she did what she was killed because they thought she did. So uh, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the character uh, on the the myth of Mary Shaw, and also um I just want to read you guys and get your thoughts on this as well. So as we all know, the poem in this is "Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She has no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure you never ever scream." That's fun. It's cute. But here's the uh, here's the original, the original poem. What do you mean by that? But where the stare from this is what they had originally written, and then it was changed to what we have in the movie. Um, beware the stare of Mary Shaw, she had no children, only dolls. And if you see her, do not scream, she'll rip your tongue out at the seam. That's so much fucking better. It is I'm better. so bummed that they didn't yeah. do that. So, um, yes. kind of a two part, kind of a two parter question, Ian. I'll throw it over to you first. How do you feel about the character or the, the lore of Mary Shaw, the character, the villain, and uh, which which uh, poem do you think they should have gone with? Yeah, let me take my sweet time with every single one of these <laughs> questions. Um, 
no the the oh man <laughs> all of your questions just hit me at the same time <laughs> yes yes no yes um yeah i was gonna approach that in a totally different way and then it just hit me i feel like i'm having a, a stroke right now um yeah i totally forgot about the mary what, what's her name again mary shaw mary shaw um because i thought uh we're just gonna spoil it right now i thought it was just the mom and uh the doll I, I i still thought there was like a little paranormal thing happening with the doll um but i totally forgot about mary shaw um the thing that they didn't go with seems a bit too oddly specific and i think the one that's in the movie leaves a lot to interpretation what and do you mean i like that what do you mean the one that they went with the, the ending of the the original song that they didn't go with the oh, it's gonna rip out their tongue and leave them at the seams um because i liked not really knowing what's gonna happen to them um and i feel like with that original one you just know like everyone just knows what's gonna happen was there another question to that that i didn't answer uh how do you feel about the character of mary shaw Oh, or yes. or the lore the lore about her yeah like the more uh, important question yeah. <laughs> more more lore definitely needed more lore because um there was a lot of investigating going on but it was more just like remnants of the main character going through his childhood and like visiting like two people in the entire village or, yeah. or the town um that's my problem with it yeah yeah, and they just talk about Mary Shell and Mary Mary Shaw, and then um, I would have liked to seen more of her stuff, like maybe visit um, some kind of grocery store or like a gas station or like something where these like hicks are just being like, "Yo, Mary, yo, we don't we don't talk about that name around here." Oh, you're oh. the doll boy. Oh, you got the doll. <laughs> yo, you got the doll. You got it. That's a bad omen. You're dead. Um, <laughs> you're dead. Yeah, just I mean, she was... killed your unborn baby. She did. Oh god, she got you. That's <laughs> classic. Classic Mary Shaw. Classic. Uh... <laughs> 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 um, I did like the ending though. I like how it all concluded at the theater. <laughs> I don't think he was that funny. <laughs> Um, I like that it all concluded at the theater and it went down the way it did. I'm, I'm fucking crying. I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't follow up classic Mary Shaw, but <laughs> what I will say, <laughs> um, Dom and I were like laughing the entire time because we were cracking jokes the whole time we were watching this movie. So it was a lot. It was a lot more fun to watch it with somebody. So. Excuse my ignorance, but I thought that she didn't start killing until after she got killed. I thought she was wrongfully accused. But now that you're making me remember it, she did kidnap the first boy, right? The one that... Yeah, uh, okay. Michael Ashen. Gotcha. Okay. And she only like, ever killed one person. That's true. Or did she? That we know of. Yeah, I mean, exactly. she, while she was alive, she only killed one person. Maybe one doll for every victim. But that would have been cool. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. But but she already had the dolls. Um. But to your point, Brendan, I think that it probably would have made more sense if she went like if they went that route, mm -hmm. making her a vengeful spirit, being wrongfully accused and killed like a 
witch being burned at the stake. That's not a witch kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. Like that is kind of traditional writing, I think, in my opinion, too. Like I feel like that's kind of like the obvious way to go, right? Like, um, so she was batshit crazy. It's kind of cool that she was already evil before she turned into what she was. I'm glad she um, did what she did. Yeah. That little kid deserved to die. Yeah, that little kid was a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but, and then number two, uh, tongue at the seam, obviously. So, yeah. I think I answered both your questions. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there was only two questions. <laughs> there was only two. Uh, wow. So there's a lot of criticism behind Ryan Quantin's very boorish performance as Jamie Ashen. Um, I like the direction he took. I can understand why a lot of people don't like it, but I think we can all agree that the shining star in Dead Silence is Donnie Wahlberg. He brings so much character and performance to this film. Um, his his ongoing gag of of his electric shaver. See, but it wasn't even a gag at first. Until they made it one, which is the best scene in the movie, dude. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. And then I'll elaborate on what I'm talking okay, about. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, he has the funniest line in this film. I fucking chortle every time he says it. It's when uh, Jamie, uh, he comes to arrest Jamie at the house. Jamie pushes him, runs away, gets in the car, speeds off, and he goes, I don't even have a full tank of gas. Yeah. Which every time I, I love that line. So I'm just, uh, I think that I know where we all sit on the performance of Donnie Wahlberg in this film, but just curious to get some thoughts on. You know, let you take this one. Um, so obviously I'm a huge fan of Donnie Wahlberg and the Saw series. Um, anything else? Chop liver, you know, um, this movie Trying to think of a word that's not too harsh. Um, he was there. He, I guess, I, I would have liked to have known. <laughs> Brennan is biting his tongue right now, <laughs> so hard. I guess I just wanted to know, like, what his true direction was. Um, I feel like he was the hard-boiled detective. He was also <laughs> dopey. Super dopey. That's yeah. Super dopey. That was the point. Is that what you're saying, Brennan? Yeah. That was okay. the point. Yeah, just they I guess nailed I, it. Right? I guess I've never seen uh, that character type before. So he's kind of revolutionary in that Have sense, you not so. seen Scream? But he's just goofy. He's just goofy. Okay. Donnie in this movie, you know, he knows what he wants. He's <laughs> hard driven. He's got a he's got a motive. This man's on a mission to accuse this husband of wrongfully killing his wife, and um, and then lets him go a bunch of times too. Yeah, like, it's like a it's cat like, yeah, mouse. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the, are you going to arrest me for you right now? Somebody called. Don't go take the call. I'll wait here. He's like, <laughs> like, 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 dude, you murdered your wife. In the beginning, he's like, are you going to arrest me? He's like, going anywhere. Um, not yet. Yeah, not, dude. Every time he took out the shaver. I was, dude, Dom and I were cracking up. There needs to be a drinking game for every time this guy takes out a shaver. So, like, he would shave. The next scene, he would shave again. And then the next scene, he would shave again. And we were like, dude, if this guy pulls out the shaver one more time, and then at the end when he dies, and then the shaver yeah. falls out and turns on, I was like, James Wan, you brilliant son of a bitch. <laughs> I 
was like, you fucking embrace the shaver, dude. I was like so happy for that moment. I was so happy for that scene. Uh, but he's all right. He feels like a cop out of the eighties, like some kind of eighties, yeah, comedy. He he seems like a guy who's playing a guy who's playing a detective in an eighties movie. Think about it. It's kind of like the Robert Downey Jr. I'm 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 a dude dressed as a dude disguised as another dude. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I have so many more questions. I'm trying to think of which ones I want to ask before um uh before we run uh favorite kill. Do you guys have a favorite kill or or what are you, at least if you don't have a favorite kill, what are what are your thoughts on on the the mess of a corpse that Mary Shaw leaves after committing her crimes? I'll go first on this one. Um, I really enjoyed the intro sequence of this film. I think it was a very strong intro intro sequence. I think the whole play up until she dies is really interesting. How you get the first experience of them uh, cutting out the audio and like you mm-hmm. see the light flash from the thunder, but you don't hear anything. Um, and then her, the first time you see her is like your first obviously visual kill of what mary shaw can do i think it's the best um kind of kill sequence in the movie um and i love how when he comes in from getting the chinese food and the music's blaring the thunder goes off and you hear it this time the like this everything was there but you didn't know because of this whole situation that was happening i i just thought it was very clever and uh I didn't see this in theaters, but I feel like every time in 2007, it was a different audience. Mm-hmm. It was a different crowd. Okay. And I, I have a very strong suspicion that back in 07, if I was to see this in theaters, the audience would react very, uh, like the audience would play into the silent moments. Mm-hmm. Like I know there would be people very loud spoken at those parts. Like, you better run or what's going on? <laughs> like, like I know that would have happened for sure. And I kind of missed that. I never saw this in theaters. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think that I think if this film would have come out three or four years later, I think it would have fucking killed. You think so? I, I think so. I think that this film, because horror was kind of, even though, you know, it, I don't want to call it because it's not high concept, but I feel like more conceptualized ideas didn't really play as well as they would have a couple years later. Because I think if this would have come out between the time of Paranormal Activity and Sinister, I think that it would have, I think it would have done a lot better. Yeah. Ian? Um, so I do have two things to mention. Um, James Wan is a master at scares. I think he's amazing at what he does. And um, clip it, clip it. What? What happened? What you just said, clip it. Oh, okay. Um, it was a clip of one moment. Okay, yeah. I, I love James Wan. He's one of my favorite horror directors. Um, he's amazing. I love mostly all of his movies. Even like, um, okay, I don't like the Nun, well, the but to be fair, that's not his. Uh, no, just 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 his concept yeah um but yeah i love all of his franchises and everything he does um same with uh lee winnell um they're amazing um i think that 
the whole concept of everything going dead silent like as she's like getting oh, like ready to haunt oh my god like the title yes i just got that you fucking serious right oh now oh my Brent? god i just got that um what no 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 <laughs> we're not gonna go over this we're gonna we're gonna dive into this for a second what did you think <laughs> it meant I thought I thought it was a reference get, to I thought it was a reference to ripping the tongues out. Oh, I mean that could yeah, that's also they yeah. die silent. Yeah. But no, what you said is so much cooler. Thank you. Oh shit. Oh my god. Another point, another star. <clears throat> this is a six out of five. Hell yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that whole the whole directing style <laughs> of him like keeping everything dead silent up until the the scare. That's it's amazing. Like you don't really see that. Um, I guess you kind of do. Everything just goes. I don't know. I don't know. It was just done very cool in this movie. You like you, the whole warp of the the noises that you hear around. They all just and just stop. And you know, all you hear is breathing and and voices. It's uh it's really cool. Um, another point that I had was too many things hiding under cloaks. There was like four or five scares that were under some kind of sheet. And I got a little annoyed of it because there was something under every single one of them. What would have been cool? And he does this in his other films now, but um, would be like a fake out. Two or three fake outs and then the scare. But he has like a scare underneath every single sheet in this movie. I th I think that this film was was an unfortunate learning experience because um so one of the things that James Wan and Lee Winnell have both um doubled down on in, in interviews is after their after the making of Dead Silence they have both agreed to each other that they will never sign um a deal based on, on based on an idea everything from here on out is is first look spec only and i think that i i have a feeling that seeing what we've seen in insidious and the conjuring um i have a su suspicion that they probably had that stuff in their original ideas in the studio was like no we need scare 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 mm. we need jump 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 so i i think that this was a good because I mean, after this, he he did some saws, but you know, Insidious was his big one after this. And you have some like uh, Ian, they kind of they like he has fake scares in those other films and they're <laughs> incredible. I would say like Insidious has more jump scares in this film though. Well, I I because kind of going off Ian, what, what what Ian was saying was the in Insidious one when Rose Byrne walks into her son's bedroom and the little boy comes out of the closet. He runs away. Then it's an entire, I think, minute and a half where we get these these tiny scares. Because after that scene, she walks around the house. We see him in a corner. Oh yeah. She goes outside to take the trash out. We see him in the background, mm -hmm. and then he turns Tiny Tim on. Kyle. Yeah. So I agree with you in the sense that Dead Silence is definitely more cheapy jump scares, whereas yeah. Insidious is more like gradual build jump scares. But mm -hmm. they. They start with the initial jump scare, but then slowly ratchet until it goes like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. But it, it never breaks tension in between the jump scares like a normal jump scare would, if that makes sense. It, and I think that's what makes Juan so great 
and and, and Lee Winnell, because Lee Winnell wrote wrote Insidious. Um, it's that idea of I've scared you, and now we have this mutual agreement where I'll go another 10, 15 minutes without scaring you. But he breaks that agreement by putting things in the background and and you know, just 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 out of reach where you know they're there, and you're like, but he just scared me. He's not gonna do it again. He also does a really good um technique where he almost does jump scares without any audio cues too like just from mm-hmm. a visual standpoint yes. he can make he can like initiate a jump scare without any audio just by leaving very disturbing images in places you wouldn't expect them to be dude when i first watched i'm getting chills right now because it's bringing a good childhood uh, memory but um when i watched insidious for the first time with my mom um and after the movie, I couldn't sleep in my own bed. I it, it was it was a good time, but um, she would like grab me every time she saw like something in the background, and I'd be like, "What is this woman like doing? Why is she so afraid? What's happening?" And she would like rewind and show me like, "Look, there's someone behind the the cradle. Look, there's someone in the corner." I'm like, "Oh my god, Fuck. I didn't even see that. That's so creepy." And um, yeah, that's such a smart thing to do. Yeah. And uh I. Is this this is turning into a did he uh, that? <laughs> what like, like the like the audioless jump scare? Mm-hmm. No, probably not. But I, I'm not gonna say no. But you love to say yes. <laughs> you love to say yes. Um, I think that we could easily continue this conversation for at least another half an hour. Um, but. but but I'm going to respect our time frame. Ian, are you getting another? Hold on. I'm... I think it's time for a break. For a, a thick piss break, right? Okay. Um. So before we get into our final thoughts and reviews and ratings and all that good stuff, um, we are going to take an official Ruminations of Red Rum thick piss break. Please enjoy a word from the other shows on the Ruminations Radio Network. Oh, God, it hurts. What's wrong, buddy? Nothing. That's the name of our podcast. Do you think anyone will know it's a reference to what some random SWAT team member said in that one scene in Terminator 2 after getting nailed in the back with a gas canister? Probably not, but they will get a regular dose of two lifelong gamer buddies on either side of the Pacific Ocean, delivering their view of video games with a retro emphasis every other week. That's cool. And we're back. I hope you had a nice thick piss and an enjoy and an, an enjoyable word from our sponsors. You I did not just a nice thick piss. They're <laughs> just listening in their car. Take it with us. It's a, it's a thick kiss for us. everyone. Um, it is now time for America. Oh wait, no, wait, shit. Final thoughts and uh, rating views. Um, Final thoughts and rating views. views. Oh, these oh, drinks yeah. are these drinks are kicking in. Ian, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Ooh, what a weird thing to do and you're not even noticing um i'll go first that's fine um actually no uh i had an entirely different thing planned um ian we'll start with you <laughs> he, he okay. is the host, so. <laughs> <laughs> um i think i got everything out of my system um i love the early 2000s vibe the filter the music um everything it's um it's a good, like, laid-back, hidden gem horror film. Mm. And uh, you know what? James Wan is amazing, and um, I love everything that he does. 
And um, I'm not going to give this too high of a rating because I do think it does have a lot of problems. Um, but I'm going to give it a three and a half with a heart. I think that's reasonable. And a, uh, I'm happy with it. Kyle, slick back Cadillac. <laughs> the 2000s is very nostalgic to me. Uh, this fits right into that time frame. Um, I'm not a huge James Wan fan, not like you gentlemen, but uh, this is one that I find very interesting, and um, I really like the setting of this film. Uh, it's It does a lot of cool tricks. Um, I'm not a fan of the casting choices for a lot of them. I don't think the performances are that great. And... Um, it's a little slow at times, and uh, but but that being said, I don't want to you know say too many negative things. It's a pretty cool James Wan film. I'm gonna give it a three stars with no heart. Lame. Uh, uh, I absolutely love this film, uh, Kyle. You said that it kind of hits on that nostalgia. Um, as someone who was alive and seeing films during uh, when these films were playing in theaters, uh, this holds. Look-wise, it's very blue. It it has that color hue of of a, a mid-aughts film, and I, I there's just so much about this that I enjoy. That the things that I find could be better, I don't really care about. It doesn't take away from me. Um, this this is one of the most fun movies that I can go back and rewatch. Even knowing the twist, it makes it so much more fun upon um, your next watch, I think. So I am going to... I'm giving it an extra half star due to my uh, nostalgia factor of this exact... of this particular film. Uh, yeah, yep, Ian, you got it right. I'm giving this... I, I think it deserves a 3.5, but personally, I'm giving this a 4 and a heart. Which brings it to an official Hold on. red up for James Wan embracing the shaver. I'm gonna bump it up to three point five. Oh shit! Okay, hold on. I'm Let me bump it up to three point five. Okay. okay, hold on. Three point James Wan, thank you for having a sense of humor and embracing that moment. I appreciate that. I don't think it bumps uh, it to a four, but uh no shit. Uh, I got I got excited because I did my I did my math wrong because it it went from a three point five flat for uh, initially to a three point six repeating and initially I was like that's a four but no it's not so that brings an official red rum rating to a three point five with a heart and that makes me happy. I like it's that. Very deserving. I think that. I I agree. I agree. As horror fans, I think most of us would give it like a three point five. Yes, I agree. I we agree. also didn't mention the plot twist, which. Oh yeah, I'm kind of. Oh shit, we didn't. I really enjoyed that plot twist. Yeah, like everything but came who, together, and she was like, she was, she was dead the whole time in the back. Who was she? Yeah, I don't know. Who was she? <laughs> she was. I, I think that it was someone from the town who was basically possessed by, by Mary Shaw. 
because I I think I should go possessing people again. <laughs> Classic Mary Shaw. <laughs> no, I, I I think because what it was was she didn't get possessed until Jamie's father. Okay. Oh, so one of the things that you don't see, I think, I I think you only see in a deleted scene. Uh, Jamie Ashen's father slaps her. She falls down the stairs, and it kills her baby. Is is that in? The film, or is that just a deleted scene? No, that's, I think uh, it's better we don't talk about the ending now. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of regretting the three point five. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, no. So the reason that Mary Shaw possesses her is because Jamie's father accidentally, but kind of on purpose, kills the baby that's inside of her. So that unleashes a rage inside of Ella that allows Mary Shaw to overtake her body, and which is what causes her to mail the Billy doll to Jamie. And these are all in the scenes that aren't in the film, right? These are the scenes that were cut by the studio. Gotcha. Anyways, it is time for America's and North America and the world's favorite game show. (sighs) What's in the box? Well, I mean, honestly, we have listens in over, what, 10 countries? So it's kind of... I think we made it to 11 now. 11, so it is kind of... The world's favorite podcast game. I think Over right. ten countries, including Germany, ich liebe and, Deutschland, <laughs> and and Singapore, and Singapore, and Singapore. Hell yeah, anyhow. Yep, you said it. Uh, this is a game called What's in the Box, where we use a website and a mobile app that's called Letterboxd, and the users can rate the films on a scale of zero to five stars and half stars as well. And it's an aggregate score where like-minded cinephiles come together and rate and rate their movies. Um, The game is simple. I will read the description and tagline of a film. My co-host will have to guess what the average letterbox rating of this film is between a point uh, by point three is the leeway. They get, uh, and then we move on. They get a point if they get it. If they get it on the dot, they get two points. Then we go to the next round. You guess the decade. Um, bing, bang, boom. It's that easy. All four of these films do have a tying connector to them. If you can figure out what it is, you will get one point extra. Although, if it's, uh, if, uh, if it's a tie game by whoever gets the, the, the factor, the threading thing right, um, you'll get two points to win the game. So there's that. Are we ready for number one? See whatever. See, okay. <laughs> Damn. All right. Tagline: Chucky has a new playmate. Eight years passed since the events of the second film. Chucky has been resurrected once again and seeks revenge on Andy, his former owner, who is now a teenager enrolled in military school. Okay. Don't. Don't look up. Don't look at the movies, Ian. What? <laughs> what I, I saw you looking down. Uh, oh. 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 Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking. Mm, that's what you. I do. look down when I think. Gotcha. I also. My fingers move. My fingers move when I think. <laughs> 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 um. This is obviously what Godzilla was 2001, and I'm gonna say. Two point nine. I've actually seen this one. It's not the worst thing in the world. 
I think it's oh man, it's either two or three. It is a little higher. It's either well, I don't I. This is out of my zone, honestly, because I don't I haven't looked up any of the the Chucky movies on uh, Letterboxd, so I don't. I'm not a Chucky fan. I'm not a Chucky fan either. either. I don't I don't know like what the consensus is for the like average Chucky film. I know people like Bride of Chucky, right? But like, is it high rated? It can't be that high rated, right? Because it's still a Chucky movie. Because even I don't know. Because even the most like well regarded one, Chucky, is like not like insanely high rated. I don't think. Yeah. This is this this has to be the second or third movie. I think it's the third movie. I'm gonna go. Yeah, two point nine is a great guess. I think that's what it is actually. I'm gonna go two point eight. You both get a point. It is 2.6. Guess the decade. 2020s, I guess, right? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's the Aubrey Plaza one. Is it? No. Is it Aubrey or Audrey? Aubrey, I think. Aubrey. Uh, 90s. I have seen Arrested Development. All right. So I. is Childhood one early eighties? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Thank you, Brendan. I've seen both though. Both um, great shows. <laughs> this is oh man, this has to be like wait. So Chucky, nineties. This is nineties. Charles. Ninety. Ninety. Yeah. You are both correct. It is nineteen ninety ones. Child's Play Three, Ian. I'm debate. I was debating giving you an extra point because you said Child's Play Three, but you were on the fence the whole time, and it sounded mm-hmm. like a guess. So I'm not. I'm not going to give you an extra point. Sorry. It's also not really that hard of a guess when you're saying Looking what up. the movie is in the description. Of- <laughs> I mean, I can give you the skin color of the protagonist if that's help. If that helps, I think we could all guess that. What um, antagonist? What can we? Um. Okay. <laughs> Number two, tagline, there's something in the water. Each year, the population of sleepy Lake Victoria, Arizona, explodes from 5,000 to 50,000 residents for the annual spring break celebration. But then, an earthquake opens an underwater chasm, releasing an enormous swarm of ancient piranha that have been dormant for thousands of years, now with the taste for human flesh. This year, there's nothing more to worry about than the usual hangovers and complaints from locals. A new type of terror is about to cut loose on Lake Victoria. So this is Piranha 3D, Piranha Double D, something like that. It's got the guy from uh, Kangaroo Jack, and he gets—he's like a porn star shooter, and he he gets his penis um, chewed off, and it's just floating in the thing. I watched this with my mom. Two point seven. That's a good guess. Thank you. That's a good guess. I think we're really good at this game. You and I. I'm going to go 2.6. Ouch. 2.6. You both get another point. It's 2.4. Guess the decade. Interesting. I didn't think it was going to be that low. This is a fun movie. I was surprised it was that low, too, honestly. It's super gory. It is, yeah. I was surprised... Of today is that no one else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you say? Nineties. Is it a nineties movie? <laughs> this is going to be. Oh man, 
Sounds tired. Fuck. This is a hard one. 2010s. I think it came out like 2012. Wait, no, if it's, oh, if it's Piranha 3D, then yeah, it's later's. I'm going to say this <laughs> 2000. This fucking guy. 2000. Kyle, you're saying 2000. Yeah. Ian, you said 2010s? Yeah, he's, he's right, though. It's 2010s. Ian, you're barely right. Yeah, it's like, it is 2010 nice, on yeah. the dot. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, I was I, I, wrong, I, th- I thought that I thought that one was gonna be uh uh I thought that was gonna get at least one of you guys because um, I was conscious enough to like rent this from mm-hmm. uh, like a red box or something. Yeah. So yeah. Um. All right. So current score: Ian four, Kyle three. It's still anyone's game. Tagline number three, based on the true case files of the Warrens. Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorized by a dark presence in their farmhouse. Forced to confront a powerful entity, the Warrens find themselves caught in the most terrifying case of their lives until the next movie. (laughs) (laughs) That that was me. Um, Was it? Farmhouse. (laughs) Are you serious right now? What? You really don't know what this is? I mean, there there's two conjurings that take place in a farmhouse. Oh, so it is a conjuring movie. It's about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Did well, they're, you know they're in, that in Dead Silence. Characters are in other dead movies. Silence right? because everything is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Their characters are in other movies. So why don't you just again calm yourself, guys? Um, I'm gonna say. Well, it's gonna be the first one then, and I'm gonna go. I'm going to say something this before There's two of them that take guy. place in farmhouses, just saying. Um, the second one doesn't take place in a farmhouse. The third one does. Oh. But it's not the third one, because you just, why would you just give us the answer right there? I, um, I'm just, I'm just saying. 3.4. <clears throat> Ian says 3.4. Amazing guess, I would say. But mm-hmm. I think it's a little higher. I'm going to go th- 3.7. Ooh. I think that's you think too it's, high. You think, think it's too high? That's like more of like an elevated horror. My film. first guess was 3.9. If that says something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought the Conjuring one was more like beloved. Right? Am I tripping? There's a lot of haters. Lots haters got to hate. Haters got to hate. Yeah. Well, well, I'm going to stick with my three point. What did I say? Seven. Three point, you said 3.7. I'll well, stick with three point seven. Kyle, I wish you would have gone down one point because mm. then you would have gotten it on the dot. It is three point six. You guys both get a point. Damn, we're guess. I thought you were gonna go three point six too. Guess the decade. Three point six. Also, I like your X Men shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, um guess the decade. Twenty tens. You sure? <laughs> thousand percenter okay i don't know why you're saying it like that if you want to be be wrong seven (laughs) (laughs) so if this was made in 2007 there's no way that was made two years later in 2009 right no because insidious was made like 20 yeah insidious was after yeah yeah it had to be 2010s right yeah so 2010s i'm gonna guess 2014 is when this came out great guess i'm gonna do one better it is 20 
I'm taking that. Kyle, you get an extra point is 2013. Oh. <laughs> All right. And number four. It's called Child's Play. <laughs> number four, tagline. It's not the house that's haunted. A family encounters the dark spirits that have invaded their Insidious. home after their son inexplicably falls into an endless sleep. When they reach out to a professional for help, they learn things are a lot more personal than they thought. Um, three point... Oh, man. If Conjuring was 3.6, was Insidious better i think insidious is a better movie but like is it higher rated i can't imagine that i don't know kyle's looking at his phone yeah kyle's looking at his phone no i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not oh what were you looking at honestly i didn't even hear the description of the film can you repeat (laughs) (laughs) don't repeat it for him Uh, oh no you said it was insidious okay um, this is the one with Darth Maul in it, right? This is actually Crab Pliskin Four. <laughs> I'm gonna go three point two. No, that seems a little high for this film. I think I'm gonna that's. Go, I think it's a little lower though. I don't know. I don't really I think it's right. Honestly, I think I think we think it's higher than it is, right? I think I think people, it's lower than it actually is. I'm gonna go three point five. That's high, bro. Yeah, For but like insidious. You think it's higher rated than The Conjuring? Or no. you think The Conjuring's higher rated? Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, I don't think so. I'm gonna go three point three. Kyle, you should have stuck with your original answer because it's a three point two. Oh. 3.2. Guess the decade. So that means I win, right? It's 2010. Uh, 20. The year 2010. 10s. 2010s. Yeah, you're both correct. Those those answers were gimmies. Um, can it's it's a tied game. I feel like I get the double point on that because I guess the point. The actual. Oh, you're right. You're right. I was looking over a tally. You're one. Um, thank you. Can can anyone guess what the thread between all four of these films were, Ian? If you get it correct, you get two points to win the game. Aren't I already winning? No. No. I'm winning. What? When did that happen? When I got the double point for guessing the year. Yeah, I, know. I just got a double point for guessing the year. But you didn't <laughs> then? You said 2010s. That's not guessing the year. I guess 2010. You know, this is, this is rigged. This, now I know how, how Brennan feels when I totally rigged the game against him. <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um fuck what was the first movie oh yeah uh, the first piranha. movie was uh child's play 3 piranha 3d insidious and the conjuring any guesses um i don't remember donnie Wahlberg in any of those movies <laughs> also james wan didn't direct all of them yep lee winnell didn't write all of them Josh Stolberg participated in them. That is a good guess. I got them. Ian, do you have anything? They're all movies. 
in which um, the guy from Kangaroo Jack shoots a porno and gets his dick eaten off by piranhas. And the dick is floating in the lake of um, Alaska or, or Arizona and um, gets eaten by more piranhas. Well, Final that guess. is... Well, that is true for one of the films. <laughs> that is a great answer for one of the movies. Uh, for that one, you got it spot on. Uh, the correct answer is the cinematographer is the same for all of these. Well, that was is obvious. John Leonetti. He is also the cinematographer for Dead Silence. So Very that's cool. what it is. Kyle with eight, Ian, or Kyle with nine, Ian with eight. So I lost that, close game. That one put, point for guessing the correct year. Yes. That puts year to date. Kyle at three, Brendan at two, Ian at five. Could have been. And those numbers are still off. I listened to the Skinner Ring episode, but they are not. this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the classic Mary Shaw of the ruminations radio network. Um, I had something else originally, but I couldn't, I couldn't not do that. Um, if you like what we're doing here, please, uh, give us a rating on uh, Spotify or Apple podcasts or Amazon podcasts, wherever you listen to it, please give us a rating. Um, and also check out, uh, ruminations.transistor.fm is it's still that correct. Mm. Okay. For, uh, for all the other shows, they have some great stuff over there. Um, if you uh, also uh, give us a follow on Twitter, that's of Red Rum. That is OF Red Rum. And the OF may or may not stand for OnlyFans. So you have to go there to find it out. Um, if you want to recommend a movie, join our Discord. The link is in our Twitter or uh, DM us on Twitter or just add us on Twitter or whatever. We'll, we'll talk about it. We like talking about shit. So uh, that being said, today I have been your host, Brendan. Mr. Fantastic, the Hong Kong hero. And with us, as always, is the spooky one, the paranormal activity of the Ruminations Radio Network, Ian with Tweez. If you ever call yourself Hong Kong hero again, I will be, I will cry. I will absolutely cry. Because um, you'll never get the platinum. I will go out and get the platinum just so I can call myself the Hong Kong hero. You'll never do it. Yeah, I will. Um, maybe I should prove you guys wrong and actually do it. <laughs> um, here's a good one. If you live in like a small town and have like a some kind of myth about uh, you know some kind of ghost story, some kind of small town in Alaska, you know, uh, where Michael's from, hit us up on Twitter and uh, give a give it to us. Give it to us hard or the story. Okay. And and also the slick back black Cadillac. He wears a snap back. He writes with a number two pencil. And he's number one in all of our hearts. Brennan's gonna be a Hong Kong hero. He's got stars in his eyes. Hail Ratma and stay spooky folks. <laughs>